Hey there, TV watchers. Bill Brio here, and you're listening to Brio TV, the podcast, the show where we talk to special guests about the constantly evolving world of television. This episode is brought to you by Super Channel, providing viewers with exceptional value and variety. CTV, which urges you to get into it this summer, and by Hollywood Suite, showcasing the best movies of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Okay, helmet on. Here we go. Sunday, the 2021 Juno Awards will air nationally on CBC TV and radio. This is the 50th anniversary, can you believe it, of Canada's Music Industry Awards. Please welcome to the podcast the people most responsible for pulling this together through a pandemic. Inside Senior Vice President and Showrunner Lindsay Cox, and Inside CEO and Executive Producer John Brunton. John, Lindsay, great to have you here. Happy to be here, Bill. Uh, thank you for having us. This is a fun break from uh, getting everything ready for Sunday night. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, you guys, your heads must be spinning. I mean, um, I've got so many questions about how you, you're going to do this, but. Uh, let, let's just start first by saying, my goodness, 50th anniversary of the Junos. Um, that's uh, a big number and uh, worth celebrating, but so uh, it, it just sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Um, and John, I'll ask you, I mean, how many of the 50 have you guys, have you produced? Well, it's a, it's, it's a little bit in debate. Uh, the official number is 26, but wow. Lindsay and I, you know, had... Uh, uh, last year's show ready to go it was two days before it was going to go up on the stage. The stage was built. The, the speakers were hung. The lights were hung. The rehearsals were beginning. Uh, everybody was in town. Uh, you know, we were in Saskatoon. Yeah. And um, so we actually had produced that show. It just never made it to air. So I like to think that I, we've done uh, 27, but the official number is 26. This will be 27 coming up. That's staggering. Have you ever been involved in something like that where you've, you've gone to the trouble of staging it and framing it and then not showing it? I, I, I don't recall, Lindsay, do you? I mean, uh, you know, no. we've had some heartbreaking uh, cancellations before, but we've never had a show that we were ready to go. And it was totally baked and done and dusted, and uh, and and it n never saw the light of day. And it was heartbreaking for the people that were on the show, of course. Yeah, and it's uh, such hard work. Creators, all the creators who who designed the show and the writers who scripted the show. Um, Alessia was actually in Saskatoon, and her manager was en route when the um, announcement happened. So she was a hundred percent ready to go, and. Um, we we sort of knew it was coming. I think we all knew. Yeah. Uh, and we were in Saskatoon. We were calling all the artists and saying, you know, should can we do the show without an audience? Because that, you know, at that point we could see that was one of the issues. And, yeah. and when the first result came out of Saskatoon as a positive for COVID, we knew we couldn't. And that was the Wednesday night. And the show was a hundred percent ready. We have a beautiful, we had a beautiful looking show all ready to go. And nothing like that has ever happened. Nothing quite that close. I can't imagine. Alessia, of course, Alexia Kara, who uh, I live in Brampton and I, I believe she's from Brampton. And she uh, she's, she's like, to use an inappropriate reference because it's so old, she's like Elvis around here. Uh, you know, she's just, <laughs> every, you know, people are, when you talk to the young kids, um, 
They are so to identify somebody from their their town that is uh, such a big uh, star is such a thrill. And uh, so uh, congrats to her. She must be she seems like a lot of fun to work with. She's really special. She's a really smart woman, really intuitive, an incredible songwriter. And she's actually making new music in L.A. right now, um, which is wonderful. We were talking with her manager yesterday and definitely missing that we don't get to be live with all of our artists, but uh, her as well. Well, well, tell me then, um, Lindsay, how how are you doing this? How how will the uh, what will viewers see on Sunday night at eight o'clock on CBC for the, uh, the Juno Gala? Um, John actually will jump in here too because he's been, you know, alongside all of this with looking at everything that's being produced and everything that's been creative. And it's been a really unique opportunity this year. And and we've we've seen it on our our sets where normally an artist would come in for three hours. They do a sound check, they'd rehearse three times, and then we'd have to move them along to get the next artist in because we would be rehearsing 12, 15 acts over the course of a weekend. And this year, what we've really felt is that the attention to the artists has existed in a different way. Like we got to spend a whole day creating um, some of our performances. So I think, you know, right now, I think the positive for this is that we're really looking at how um, the artists have been able to have even more input into what they're doing and they've had a more relaxed atmosphere so you know next year we're going to go back to the old system but this year i think especially in this time right now to give them that little bit of space to to create and to really think about what they want their performances to look like has been really remarkable and everyone is signing off on everything we're doing and normally when you go out live that doesn't happen so it's very very different um but i think in a way um there's a there's a positive that we're seeing this year at a a very special time in in the artist's headspace how are you You John? i'd love to hear your side what really marks this this year's production is that uh the whole community has really put their hand up and said, how can we help? And so there's been a real different kind of camaraderie around, hey, can we pitch in? And some of the superstars have said, what can I do to help? Can I send a message? Can I, can I do a presentation? And uh, uh, can, I, can I perform this year? Can I, what can I do to help? Uh, and that's not always the case. People are busy with their schedules and busy touring. And we know the people are available right now because right. they're not out on the road. Yeah. But, uh, but there has been a real sense of not just how can I help, but can I collaborate? Can I bring friends along to collaborate and do something together? Um, so there's been a real sense of uh, Canadian camaraderie and good vibes around the show. And, you know, as you know, we were going to do it in March, then we're going to do it in April, and then we're going to do it in May. And then we said, you know, come hell or high water, uh, this show is going to go off uh, on June 6th, whatever it is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of watched when the numbers of COVID were down pretty low and Lindsay had secured the bud stage. And we really thought that we might be able to do some performances live in front of a live audience. And then the third wave came on like gangbusters yeah. and the, the situation was changing by day. And so we were kind of pivoting uh, as a group uh, day by day, you know, big set designs have been made and then had to go into the garbage and rethought uh, all of a sudden we're, 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 we're producing presentations and performances in Los Angeles and 
we've got shoots in St. John's and we've got shoots in Calgary and we've got shoots all, all over the country, Vancouver. And, uh, of course here in Toronto. Uh, sorry, St. John, St. John, New Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, so it, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, Lindsay and I had done, uh, stronger together with our partners at CBC and CTV and, yeah, that was very that was uh, that was a really impressive show, uh, John and Lindsay. It was uh, beautiful that that you were able to pull that together uh, on pretty short notice, and it was just two weeks. Slick. It boy, oh boy, was it slick! I mean, it, it hummed along, and you got everybody in, and uh, hats off to you for that. So, will, will this show be similar to that? Well, I'd like to say that Lindsay has polished the apple a little bit more than we were able to do on wow. Stronger Together. Um, so it's certainly uh, there are some very, very beautiful performances. I think the tone uh, is emotional, like Stronger Together at times. I think that there are issues that we're confronting that should be part of a live presentation uh, that we've we are, in, you know, we're actually incorporating as of today. Um so, you know, we're pivoting right up to the moment the show goes to air. We'll be right back after this message. So what's happening this month on North America's fastest rising streaming service, Paramount Plus? Get set to get up close and personal with the family Stallone. That's right, Sly Stallone is letting viewers into his house to meet his three grown daughters, Sistine, Scarlett, and Sophia, as well as wife Jennifer Flavin. Does his house have a lot of bathrooms? Absolutely. Also new to Paramount Plus is Blowing LA, which draws the curtain back on A-list hair salons. Beauty turns beastly as haircuts at these salons can cost thousands of dollars. Coupons not accepted. Finally, Catch the reboot of the 1980s Michael Douglas Glenn Close thriller Fatal Attraction. Canadian Joshua Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan star in this new eight-episode series. One warning, if you're doing dinner and a movie with this one, don't cook rabbit. And remember, with a mountain of entertainment to choose from, there is something for everyone on Paramount+. Plus. We're back. Do you think that, uh, you know, audiences now have had a year to get used to hybrid uh, award shows? Uh, the Oscars, of course, uh, was very different this year. And others were even more uh, packaged and less live. Um, you know, so people are kind of expecting to see uh, a different kind of show. And uh, I don't think people may miss the live uh, audience as much as maybe we all think they will. You know, it's funny because there's an intimacy to this year's Junos. And, you know, Lindsay and I really know that, you know, live audiences really help performances. And, and, uh, and, and our artists feed off audiences. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there's there's some numbers that we're doing this year. When you'll see it, the Tragically Hip with Leslie Feist is just incredibly beautiful. And it's shot in Massey Hall. And 
Wow. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot introduces it, and it's his home, you know, Massey is. And there's something very special about some of the intimacy that's very different than what we've been accustomed to seeing with some of these artists. Are, are you guys the first ones back in Massey? I mean, that'll be a thrill just to see inside there, I would think. It's a yes. super top secret, JB. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what we can do, but I mean, that, that, that's a thrill. I don't know. We should, don't make that a secret. Tell people, my God, I want to get back inside Massey Hall. It's, this is going to be exciting. Yeah. Well, John's right. Like it was totally the right place to be. And, and um, it, Massey's not ready. Like they're also, you know, creating something in there during a pandemic. And yeah. I can't say enough about those teams and how they received us and how they welcomed the idea of hearing music back in that, in that space. So uh, certainly it's, they, they plan to be ready for fall as you know, we all have heard. Yeah, It's incredible to see it though at this stage and, and to see the architecture and, and what's been revealed in there was just exquisite. It's just beautiful. It, it must be all the stained glass. I've read about it. Yeah, you, yes. It yeah. will blow you away when you go in, Bill, to actually see it. Like that's what really captured me on our first survey, all the yeah. work that they've done and the attention to the detail. And it's mm-hmm. amazing. And John's right. Like, I think that when you watch the performances, we've become a little bit more accustomed to not seeing and hearing an audience. Mm-hmm. And it feels like in many of the performances, it feels like the the artist has created this moment for us. And I think wow. that's what came, came to me, John. I don't know how you felt, but that's how I felt. Like this, each one is so bespoke. It's so unique. And, and um, it's really special because of that, I felt. Yeah. No, I, the, and, and you mentioned with people not on tour, it sounds like uh, the access to the talent was there. I, I can't get over the list of names that you have participating. It uh, looks, reads like a, a Hall of Fame who's who, Sarah McLaughlin, Michael uh, Boublier, and Shania Twain, and Murray. My God, coming back to uh, give a to induct Jan Arden into the uh, Hall of Fame. That's fantastic. Uh, and and each of these instances, they would have been um, directed and um, captured at uh, different locations. I guess is that correct? That's so, correct. So, yeah. for example, what where do we find? Um, I don't want to blow any more secrets, but where do we find Anne Murray and Don't Jan ask Arden? me any questions then. John, John where do we find Anne John. Murray? John's more fun. I don't, know, I don't know what's secret or what's not, Bill. You know what? It's hard to keep track. Um, but John is way more fun in his descriptions. But we're seeing people, um, at, like, as you'll know, some of our greats are down in L.A. right now. So we're getting really cool performances from there. Anne's up here in Canada. Yeah. Um, and actually, she's at home. So um, yeah. it's pretty cool cool to think, you know, Anne Murray um, coming from her home and, and how she connected herself into the whole performance of the whole induction. It was really, really cool. Um, Jan as well, like all she's not at home, but all the work that they've all done, it's really a miracle that they were able to do this. And yes, they're not on the road, but many of the artists are, are making music again. They're writing music. So we were just super grateful. We shot today with Shania Twain and wow. uh, the care and attention she put into this was really cool. Like when she you could hear her speaking to her crew about, you know, what this means um, was really, really interesting. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. People have a lot more time for reflection now. Yeah. Well, would she have been in, in Switzerland or Canada? Or where did you reach her? I wonder if we're allowed to say she's not in Canada. Okay. Well, that's halfway. Let me yeah. say, you know, you know, 
It's, it's not like I'm the BBC here. We, that's it's still going to be a secret if you say it here. I think that's the good news. Uh, now, um, well, yeah, it, well, very exciting. I love Anne Murray. My goodness, you know, um, uh, just so special. Still, I remember the records she broke in terms of her uh, TV specials in uh, way back when I was a TV guy, the '80s and the '90s. Five million viewers. Um, Still standing, you know, it's just she's she's a Canada sweetheart still Uh, and uh, all of the uh, uh, younger talent. And you're going to have to help me here, guys, because I'm uh, out of it in terms of the music scene. You know, the last album I bought was Abbey Road, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But you've got certainly Justin Bieber. My God, that's fantastic. He's participating. Is he singing? Is he performing? Yeah, he's doing a performance, which is super cool. Like for him to take that time and to be a part of this is really meaningful to us. Yeah, no kidding. So yeah, we're we're super excited about that. You've got some uh, original hip hop guys here. I see Maestro Fresh Wes, and uh, uh, I mean that's pretty cool. Are they performing together? You've got no, they're actually um, uh, Jordan Jordan Evans and Matthew Burnett who are managers of um, and musical directors with Daniel Caesar and with Jesse Reyes, they actually created this whole tribute um, along with a writer named Dalton Higgins. And what they've created is separate performances. So a performance from Nav, a performance from Maestro Fresh West. And then they collaborated with Cardi and Cardi suggested he um, work with Julie, Julie Black. So they have created this really cool moment that is connected by presentations from Mishi Me, like the original Godmother. Um, yeah. Artie also does presentations. And then Havaya Mighty, who you might not know, she is a dynamo. She's this up and coming artist who's recently won Polaris and an incredible writer and so dynamic in her delivery. So she's also a part of it. So this is a really unique moment in the show where we've collaborated with with creators who know the genre so well and they we worked alongside them but they brought their creativity into it so that it really has a, a different feeling about it in a way too um, and it's certainly a model for how we want to look at the show going forward to really have an authenticity with performance and that's what Matthew and Jordan and Tanisha Scott an incredible director as well um, they all brought their gifts to us and and we figured out together how to, to create this performance and it's really 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 incredible. Well, it's an astounding assortment of uh, names you've got performing. Tell who are the Basement Gang? Please fill me in. Who are they? I, I'm intrigued <laughs> just by that name. I want to know who the Basement Gang is. They are the absolute best. These guys are, um, and I've been cautioned that the younger crowd don't, don't put it this way, but they're TikTokers. Okay, they're from, they're, they're all, they were found on TikTok, and they started when the pandemic started. And it's three guys who are amazingly fun dancers who've been dancing and entertaining from their basement. So we actually, it's, it's really fun. Actually, we have a piece with them and Will Arnett. Oh, and, wow. Great. Uh, see, and so they, they kind of play off each other, but the basement da- gang, their dance moves are so much fun. Like actually doing the shoot with them was just great. They're, they're really awesome. Um, they're really awesome guys. And there's so much energy from them. And I think that's another big thing that we're really always looking for when you do these shows that are kind of virtual, you're looking for places of energy. And um, those guys are amazing. They're really good. Well, I look forward to that. I, I'm a huge fan of Will Arnett. Uh, his podcast, Smartless, it's is great. Uh, my favorite listen, isn't it, John? I, it's I, just I, the best. I, I just howl 
Yeah. It just just, seems like they've been together forever. It does. It reminds me of, you know, like, you know, uh, your three oldest friends in a room uh, goofing on each other. Uh, But uh, the guests that they have on that show. So I'm thrilled that Will is part of that. Uh, Is that something? How do you coordinate him with the basement gang? Or is one of them in L.A. or one of them in (laughs) Toronto? I mean, kind of thing. Uh, Will's in L.A. Yeah. And um, he's so gracious uh, to be a part of all this. So, yeah, Will is down in L.A. Basement gang are up here. Um, And so it's a really fun back and forth that they're going to do for the show. Mm. We'll be right back after this message. So what's new this month on Super Channel? Don't miss the three-part true crime docuseries, Thunder, The Life and Death of Arturo Gotti. The Super Channel original tells the story of Gotti, a Montreal-born welterweight world champion, whose death in Brazil more than 10 years ago was officially ruled a suicide. New evidence has turned up, however, that might finally uncover the truth behind Gotti's untimely death at 37. See the series on Super Channel Fuse. Over on Super Channel Heart and Home, catch up with Season 3 of Mystic, the Canadian-New Zealand co-production. New episodes premiere every Sunday. And remember, Super Channel and all Canadian service is available via most cable providers across the country, as well as streaming live and on demand with Amazon Prime video channels and Apple TV+. We're back now. Once upon a time, when you guys were pulling these together, you would have you'd identify a host and you'd have a venue all across Canada. Um, are we ever? Do you think going to go right back to that, or has this last fifteen months changed everything? That you know, a hybrid fashion and people are used to watching now. Uh, you know, people talking from home. Is this always going to be part of these shows going forward? You know, you bring up a good point. You know, with with us trying to figure out our way through producing shows in the middle of this pandemic, you know, a lot of really interesting innovations come out of us Mm -hmm. and we've learned a whole bunch of new lessons, you know, in terms of the details of production and so on and so forth. And, and the technology now is such that the complication of bringing people in from literally all over the world yeah. Isn't as uh, isn't as as um, a difficult a situation as we assumed it was before the pandemic, right. um, and uh, you know, as all of us are living on Zoom calls every day with people that are participating from all over, we're being accustomed to being connected visually in a different way than we have. So I'm sure that you know, Lindsay and I will take advantage of that as it relates to other productions that we're doing. And, and the availability isn't restricted anymore by geography, uh, nor is it restricted by technology. Uh, on the other hand, you know, there's nothing like, you know, the, 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 the energy of live and that you never know what somebody's going to say right. and you never know what somebody's going to do. 
and you hope in a live show that somebody's going to go off script or they're going to, you know, change the lyric of a song or whatever to remind the audience that what they're seeing is not what they're seeing on YouTube, but it is, you know, energized by live audiences and the spirit of that. I mean, part of the motivation when we convinced Karis to start touring the show across the country was to take the show to fans. And so, you know, in the U.S., they do it in either L.A. or New York. And we went to all those flyover provinces, starting in St. John's, and literally went, you know, Manitoba and Saskatchewan, Alberta, B.C., and um, and that was uh, that was really to 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 bring the show to the fan base and to expand the fan base to the Junos, you know. And so, you know, there's a lot to be said for that experience as well. So, you know, I'm really proud of our teams and how they've managed to cope under these incredibly difficult conditions and editors, you know, you know, working from home and sending our avids and everything to their homes and how we can electronically watch what they're editing from, you know, Muskoka or Lindsay's, you know, living room mm-hmm. in, in, in the exact moment. All of this, you know, we'd never imagined before um, to direct somebody that's uh, in Europe, uh, you know, in real time. Uh, and to say, no, let's do it one more time, can change this word or change that word. Lindsay's been doing that for weeks now. Mm. And um, it's really, it's, 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 you know, listen, you know, would we be doing all of this if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic? No. But can we use some of these, some of these gems and some of these tools we've learned in the future? Absolutely. Yeah, and it really is a borderless business now, isn't it? I mean, uh, this has brought that home. But, Lindsay, uh, from what you were saying, it sounds like viewers will still get a sense that uh, different provinces and different locations are part of what we'll see on Sunday night, right? Yeah. We're definitely embracing that because I think that, you know, one of the the things that John and um, the Karis Broadcast Committee and the record labels, uh, we all decided when we were coming into this is that, you know, we want to see live music back. We want to see the the smaller venues, the clubs, the theaters, the arenas, the stadiums. We want to see them thriving again, but part of, of, of maintaining that energy is to see those spaces. So we're in unique spaces across the country so that we can represent that those clubs will thrive again. We will see live music there and, you know, hearing Michael Bublé speak about the Commodore um, seeing some of our other artists from these different places has been really meaningful because we understand what it means for them to get back out there and to get back out and, and they're making music now so they can tour again. So I think that, you know, and, and also what John was saying about like what we've learned from this, I think that we can also we've also learned that the creativity can exist in a different way. And the artists pivoted really quickly when everybody started making shows like Stronger Together and when they started producing their own videos um, and, you know, within a pandemic, they learned also a different type of creativity. So I think in terms of the show next year, we want to be as live as possible. We want to be in one place place but the idea of more collaboration and more creativity i think will come out of what's happened with the pandemic and a different kind of partnership and i think that will be really effective and give the artists what they want but also what their fans want to see yeah you know but it t- sorry go ahead John. oh i was just gonna say when you see the show on uh, sunday night um you'll see that we've really kind of tipped our hat 
to these live venues that we've grown up going to. And uh, right from the get-go at the beginning of the show, uh, on the introduction of the show, uh, we highlight some of our favorite venues that have been empty. And as you know, you know, some businesses have thrived through the pandemic, but, you know, the music industry, you know, and live venues have just suffered like you can't believe. And so we're we're purposely trying to tip our hat uh, to those places and get people excited and enthusiastic to go back to see live music again and go back and have a beer and enjoy themselves on a Friday night. Uh, with their friends and uh, getting down to the pound. Yeah. You know, I've been talking to uh, Ron James, who did a podcast uh, comedian who works, yeah, you know, we know, we know days a year. Well. of course. And uh, you know, there's a guy, a road warrior. He's been in every theater across Canada 15 times. And uh, it's killing him to see these places empty and uh, not to be able to perform there, but also, the feeling that some of them may not reopen, you know, that uh, it's had that much of an impact. And so you must have heard from different artists and people involved that same kind of desperation about the business and the theaters and the venues. Absolutely. You know, almost everybody talks about it. And, 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 and out of that, you know, artists have told us about that venue that gave them a platform to, you know, kickstart the careers yeah. and uh, favorite favorite venues that uh that they they became famous playing at right uh it's the cameron in toronto or the horseshoe or you know el macambo or um uh you know the masonic temple you name it uh you know for for our neighborhood in toronto that we've grown up in uh they were iconic places to go and see your favorite bands and and those 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 venues gave those people a platform to become famous yeah. and get their music I out. I felt bad for the folks running uh, El Macabo because they were geared up to relaunch and then boom, this all went down. Uh, terrible timing and just bad luck. Um, yeah. so you certainly feel for these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, no kidding. Um, now, uh, we'll just take, if you don't mind, a short break. We're just going to sneak in a message and then we're going to come right back and wrap things up. So uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you craving some new shows to stream this summer? Let's look at a couple of highlights this month on Bell Media's one-stop streaming service, Crave. Bell recently signed a deal to keep HBO originals on Crave for years to come. Among the new and returning offerings, set phasers to stun as Captain Christopher Pike returns in an all-new season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Crave also has the original docuseries Billionaire Murderers, all about the investigation into the unsolved slayings in Toronto of Canadian power couple Barry and Honey Sherman. Finally, fire up a Crantini for the season two launch of And Just Like That, the reboot of the HBO signature series Sex and the City. Find out who's next when it comes to riding their Peloton to oblivion. All that and so much more streaming exclusively in Canada this month on Crave. Crave. 
Time once again to check in with Emily Gagne. Emily, what have you got for us this month on Hollywood Suite? Well, I've got a rainbow of options for you, Bill. Uh, it's Pride Month, of course, so we've got a lot of queer cinema uh, classics, you know, something like Johnny Guitar with Joan Crawford from 1954, uh, but also, you know, modern favorites like Kinky Boots uh, and Carol. We also have a special curation from Anthony Oliveira, who is the host of the Dumpster Raccoon screening series at the Review Cinema. He's doing a, a lineup of queer classics on June 22nd. And then we have the premiere of Aaron's Guide to Kissing Girls, which is a lovely coming-of-age story about uh, a young queer woman. And uh, that premieres on June 25th. Sounds fantastic, Emily. Lots to look forward to this month on Hollywood Suite. Thanks, Bill. All right, well, we're back with Lindsay Cox and John Brunton, both uh, at Insight and the team behind the 50th Annual Juno Awards, which is airing Sunday uh, at starting at 8 p.m. on uh, CBC. It'll be on CBC radio stations everywhere else. I guess people can stream it and do everything else nowadays, right? There must be an app for it. You've got all kinds of ways to watch, I'm sure. Um, Every possible way exists. That's great. Um, you guys obviously have been, you know, watch TV as well as make it. It's been a tough time for award shows. The last, even just looking at 2021, uh, ratings are down. They've just seems to be, um, have been impacted more than other venues. Why do you think that is? Is it uh, just a disruption? Um, is it part of a trend? Is it just something we're seeing this year? I, you know, I think as it relates to, uh, to the Oscars, you know, so few people had an opportunity to see the movies. And uh, so there was this like, you know, I had, I had the opportunity to see one uh, of the movies, but, but uh, I just didn't really, you know, recognize uh, what everybody was doing in my own personal life. And of course I've been watching a ton of television you know, and a lot of streaming services getting acquainted with what they've got to offer Apple and Amazon. And in addition to Netflix and, and, and all, and all those, all, all those places, which I, I hadn't spent as much time on. Um, but I think that that certainly accounted for, I think the lower audiences for the Oscars. I think that, um, you know, with the Grammys, you know, as much as I loved the show, it was really long, right? You know, it was three and a half hours long and three and a half hours. You'd never see a person watch a movie for three and a half hours in a movie theater. And um, so I just think that, you know, my advice for that show is they could trim it up a bit and um, make it move along a little bit, a little bit more, you know, leaving people wanting more instead of being, uh, exhausted by the end of it. Um, yeah. You know, that's my own personal opinion about that. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting because uh, Alan Reed, you know, who runs Karis had said that during the pandemic, they were worried that people wouldn't be creating as much music as they had in the past. But 
this year they had a record number of submissions for new music. Wow. So while people's, you know, you know, and you think about all the people that recorded tons of music this year, not only all the incredible great Canadian artists that managed to do it, but the Paul McCartney's of this world made music by themselves in their own homes. And it blew me away. His record, McCartney's record just blew me away how modern and cool it was. I was going to mention him. You're right. He's the guy that the guy stuck in somewhere in Scotland or wherever for a few weeks. And what does he do? He just cranks out another LP. Cranks out an album, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. The cut that he did with Beck, it just blows my mind. Beautiful. Um, So, you know, music has music creation, oddly enough, has kind of thrived. Uh, in one sense, though nobody's been able to perform it live, yeah. they've there's certainly been a gigantic boost in creativity. So hopefully that'll play for us on the on the Junos. Um, you know, I do think as well that when the you know when the weather starts getting nicer, you know what is what have people been able to do for the last year but sit in front of their TV sets. And so the moment that the weather gets good, you know, you kind of go, get me the hell out of the house. Uh, I want to take my dog for a walk. Right. Um, but, but, you know, I don't think it's systemic to what, what is being created. You know, I mean, you're a TV critic. Don't you think that some of the best TV has been made over the last couple of years that we're able to see right now when you compare it to all the other years you've been, you know, analyzing yeah. and reviewing? Yeah, no, it's a fascinating time. You know, Disney Plus and all these streaming services spending a lot of money on different things. And even shows that were done uh, virtually at home, there was a uh, Dan Levy took part in an HBO production that was pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole other way of telling stories and uh, people are smart. People are taking advantage of it. And even earlier, we touched on all these people at home. I have to tell you, when this all started, the thing that fascinated me was I could go on my phone and watch Burton Cummings at home on his keyboard almost yeah. every day performing <laughs> a song. So yeah. I thought it was just for me. Like it was something <laughs> amazing and intimate about that that would not have happened at any other time, right? No, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. I felt the same way by some people that were, you know, I felt like they'd invited me into their living room or into their basement to have yeah. a private concert. I agree with you. Yeah. And tell me, uh, John and, and Lindsay, both of you, what is it with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Guess Who? This, to me, is the most blatant omission <laughs> of them all. Like, come on, how can they not? How can you have uh, the Go-Go's and not the Guess Who in the Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a funny thing about uh the guess who. And I've often wondered if it has to do with the who and oh. the fact that there are people. I never people thought of that. Used that's, about them. That's interesting. Um, because, because, you know, when you, you know, when I, I listen to a, a lot of uh, radio course when I'm driving and I listen to, you know, you know, my streaming service on the radio and, it's unbelievable how many Guess Who songs get played out of the U.S. You know, I mean, particularly in the classic rock 
department. It seems like every hour they're playing a guest do song or a BTO song. Right. BTO, BTO is some of the biggest songs ever in the world of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, they, they, they definitely have been snubbed. Somebody should make some noise about it. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame seems to respond to, uh, to public pressure by people like yourself. People yeah. in the press, they're very reactive. Well, there was a great documentary on the Go-Go's, and much of that, they kept saying over and over, they should be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, well, of course they should. But uh, so somebody needs to make a great documentary on the Guess Who, John. Yeah, um, well, uh, <laughs> you know. It's time. I'll tell you, I've worked with, uh, Lindsay and I have worked with Burton enough times over the years, and Randy as well. You know right. them well. Yeah, well, uh, working on that. Listen, both of you, um, if you had to go to one concert now after having sitting out a year and a half, what would be the first one you'd want to go see? Who would it be? I think about this all the time, and every day it's a different artist. Wow. It'd be hard to answer. Like, I'd love to see The Weeknd live again. I'd love to see so many of our artists. So it's interesting you just asked that question because I want to see everybody. You know, I... I think I've been hearing great rumors about Arcade Fire's record that they've been making yeah. down in New Orleans. Yeah. And I'm a gigantic Arcade Fire fan, you know, yeah. like that last record of theirs just blew my mind. Um, and I really found them fun to watch. And uh, I'm just anticipating that record. It's been a while since they've come up with new music. And mm-hmm. so I wouldn't mind going to see them first. But uh, uh, Lindsay's right, you know, depending on the mood when you wake up, yeah. That day, you right. crave, you might crave something completely different. Arcade yeah. Fire is a good one, though. That last concert was unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. Thank in the round. Like, in the round, yeah, it was terrific. Oh, it was amazing. That's, that is a good one. I see you've got our Kells lead singer, uh, Max Kerman, part of the show, right? Uh, yeah, we're up. big, big fans. They've got a huge stadium show that they're they're planning, and they're going to be touring in the fall. That's fantastic. So we will definitely be at an Arkell show. We saw Max um, a couple of days ago, and uh, he's a dear friend, and we'll definitely be going out to see them as well. Uh, that's great. Good Hamilton band, right? Yep. Good for them. They're awesome. terrific. They kept going. Yeah. They were thriving through the pandemic. Right. They kept going. They did so much great work, great music. Yeah. They really, really did keep going, which was awesome. Well, it's going to be an exciting year. You have a huge uh, repertoire. How? I mean, you're talking about the Grammys, three hours. How long is this show going to be, John? You got a lot. Three to and a half in. hours. Three and a half hours. Three, three hours. Right. Four, not five us. minutes. I think. I think the last one was three forty-five. We're going to be a tight two. Tight two. We're going to be a tight two. Nice. We're I did like content though, Bill. We've got someone recording in a couple of hours. Okay. Well, uh, she I'm, may wish to be a little longer and we would not want to edit her. So we're saying a tight two until Saturday when we see it. Right. Might be, it might be 205 at the well, most. That, we can forgive that, I think. 205 is pretty good. Uh, was it the weekend on the Grammys? Was He was the one that sort of stole that show, wasn't he? With his uh, uh, non Grammys. No. American Music Awards. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, it was spectacular. The Super yeah. Bowl. He was just a genius. That's right. The Super Bowl, of course. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was brilliant. Incredible. Um, before I let you go, I have to ask, and, and, you know, you're involved in many other shows, Insight, uh, just about anything that's a, a live competition show or uh, is an Insight production. Um Big Brother, uh, or not Big Brother, The Amazing Race Canada. My goodness, this is the number one show 
in the summer for eight straight years. And last year and this year, um, it's had to sit out. Uh, are we going to see this again, John? Is there a way to remount the Amazing Race Canada? Um, without a doubt, it'll be coming back over my dead body. Nobody's going to push that back another year. Right. Uh, you know what, Bill? Just imagine traveling 100 people from place to place in faraway communities and communities in some cases that are in the far north and you know communities that are at higher risk we just just couldn't take any risks with that show even though even though people wanted us to come it was impossible uh but yes we are definitely going to come back with that show and many many other shows you know that we're uh excited to excited to you know and we're looking forward to to uh you know, some new shows that we uh, will be announcing very, very, very soon. You know, we got some new big shows that we've got in the pipeline and uh, we've got some, uh, we've got some very, very exciting, uh, you know, press releases that are come out in the very, very near future. Another big show Lindsay and I are producing this summer that is iconically Canadian and um, hopefully we'll have some live elements in it. We'll see. But um, it's very, very meaningful to both of us. We're very, very proud of it. But uh, the press release hasn't come out yet, so we'll uh, let you know when it's coming. Well, next week is the upfronts at uh, three of the Canadian uh, private networks. So fingers crossed, we'll hear something maybe as early as next week, John. You'll hear. Uh, you'll hear. You'll hear about some of our shows. Yes. You All right. That's awesome. That's great. Congratulations to both of you on that. And listen, thank you again for taking the time. Uh, I know your schedules are so hectic. Uh, appreciate it very much. Please, everyone, tune in on Sunday at eight o'clock, CBC, for the fiftieth annual Juno Awards, live from everywhere. And uh, <laughs> produced from everywhere, and packaged from everywhere, and starring packaged everybody. from everywhere. <laughs> it's a, it's a hell of a, That's all right, it. hell of a lineup, and it's perfect. I got to end there. Thank you so much for for doing this, and hope to see you guys live and in person uh, sometime in the next when twenty twenty one. Yeah, thanks so much, Bill, and take care. You too. Yeah, thanks very much. See you later, Bill. All the best. You too. That's it for this episode of Brio TV, the podcast. Please follow and subscribe for all the info on future episodes. And remember, you can always catch up on TV news and reviews daily at Brio.tv. Thanks for listening.